in a way, I, I wish this retreat was um, maybe two weeks long or something like that. Um, so there's, if we think about building blocks, I think there are some essential things, and we're going to try try and cover cover that and give to everybody what they might need at the different you know uh, background histories, etc. So what that's going to the consequence of that is that the first couple of days, today and tomorrow, will be probably a little more dense with teaching than than as the retreat goes on, just to get a certain amount of material out there so that you can start playing with it. So there'll be a talk this evening, for instance, and tomorrow there'll be in the morning and in the evening. So um, so I hope that's okay. It's just obviously in the service of getting things across. What I want to talk about now, and um, hopefully under an hour, hopefully, um, is the uh, this word, the energy body, that you've heard about. And I just want to say a few things about that. Um, that again, I think Catherine probably said that, you know, what, what do you need? Where, where's the, the kind of uh, the consolidation for me, the reminder? And what's the next thing for me there? Um, I just mentioned, just to start, that I, I kind of slightly regret this term already, uh, the energy body. Uh, it got coined in my mind somehow some years ago in the context of different practices, but I can't really think of a better one that's not an enormously long mouthful. Um, so staying with this for now. Um, so w- when we talk a bit about this and introduce it as part of the practice and what are we talking about here? And I want to say why, why this, why this way of paying attention to the body? So we have mindfulness of bodies, first foundation of mindfulness. We're saturated in that if you're inside meditation. Why this? So I want to, uh, address that question and I want to talk about what it is and how you can work with it. So if we do the what first, um, maybe actually at this point, uh, we can say, there's maybe two levels of definition or description. There's a kind of narrow one and then a larger one. So if we talk about the narrow or the smaller, uh, what do we mean by the energy body? It's a narrower uh, definition. Um, I would say it's it's actually a kind of attention. Okay. So put it more in the subjective rather than in the object. You understand? It's a it's a kind of range of ways of paying attention that. Uh, feel or sense the whole bodily experience as uh, a kind of field of energy or vibration or texture. So when I pay attention in a certain way to the the space of the body, it it opens up differently to this uh, sense of a field or... um, of energy vibration texture, which is slightly different than if I, ouch, and I pay mindful of knuckles uh, sensation. Right, we're, we're all used to that. Okay, so we're talking about something different. It's uh, in this smaller definition. Um, so actually, if if for now, uh, we just play with this a little bit. If you come into a meditation posture. And at first, with the energy body, posture is actually quite important. It will help you access this sense at first. Later, you can it becomes not so important. But a posture that's comfortable, relatively relaxed, but upright, already in the posture itself, there's a tone, an energy reflected in the physical posture, 
of openness, relative energization, and uprightness and balance. So find a posture right right now that that uh, that has those qualities inherent in in the in the physicality of it. Okay, and then what happens? First, you can just connect with the sensations of contact of of sitting in the, in the usual way, and then you open up when you've established that connection. Then you open up the space, open up the space of awareness, just a little bit bigger than the whole space that your body occupies, the whole physical space that your body occupies. So just rather than paying attention to one point or several points in the body, we're opening up a whole space of attention, just a little bit bigger than than the body space. And what happens if I just dwell with that more open, spacious awareness, or relatively open? And I just feel, what does it feel like in that space? And the attention is kind of light and receptive, a delicate attention. What, what, what is the experience? If I, if I use these words, vibration or texture or energy, sometimes just doing this, just opening up the attention that way, I already have a sense of something. And it's somehow related to the uprightness of the body, the symmetry of the body, the openness of the body. So it can be quite subtle when we talk about energy or or that kind of thing. Now what happens, what will happen a gazillion times, is that the the, the awareness, the attention will shrink. From this relatively open space it will shrink. And it does that for lots of different reasons, often when we get distracted, when there's contraction, just out of habit. So expect it to shrink, and then just just open it up again to that same size, and just sensitive to the feeling in that space. And it's okay right now if you don't actually feel anything, but just inhabit that space with awareness, with a sensitivity, with a receptivity, and keep opening it, keep stretching it, because it will collapse many, many times. Now what happens right now if you sit a little more uprightly than you usually sit. You're not forcing anything, but just you're opening the body. So the spine is erect. There's almost like a line you can imagine of energy from the base, the tailbone, or even beneath the body, up through the center, perhaps out the top of the head. attentive to the whole space. Very delicate, receptive attention to whatever is going on there. What happens now, if you feel okay with it, gently beginning to uh, breathe long and slow, deep breaths without moving a lot of air. 
So actually, they don't, you don't have to uh, take huge gulps of air with this, but just let the breath be long and slow and smooth, and let it fill that space. So find a long, slow breath that's comfortable. And, and how does it feel? How does it ripple through? How does it expand or contract? Or what happens in the space of the body when you do that with the breath? How does the energy, how does the felt sense of the vibration move or change or is informed by this long, slow breath? Opening up the body with the breath. And opening the awareness to the whole body, that whole space. Let the breath be long and slow, but still comfortable. And if you want, what happens if you imagine, or feel even, the breath coming in at the solar plexus? And entering the body, instead of the usual way we think about through the nostrils and the mouth, coming in at the solar plexus, and then... It's really okay to imagine this and just see what happens. And then the breath going both up and down the body at the same time, coming into the solar plexus and moving up and down in two lines from that solar plexus up into the head, maybe even out the top of the head and down to the feet. And with the out-breath, it retraces those two paths and out of the solar plexus, out of the front of the body. Keep opening the awareness and feeling in. Long, slow, smooth, comfortable breath. We're feeling, imagining the breath energy in the whole body space. radiating out from this point at the solar plexus where the breath energy comes in, radiating out, up and down, and then reversing out with the out-breath, opening the body, letting the energy open up the sense of the energy body. So I'm moving very quickly here just to give you a little taster if possible. So you could keep the breath if you like or you can let it go at this point. What happens if you imagine this space that we're calling the energy body, a little bit bigger than your physical body, that whole space, what happens if you imagine it as a cloud of light? And if you're not visual, that doesn't matter either. It's just a cloud of energy that somehow radiant. Use your imagination, but you're feeling into it as well, feeling into what that imagination does to the sense of the body, the sense of that space.
here's a my body is clouded light perhaps white or gold or any color that feels right for you and again stretching the space when it collapses opening up again and again and again opening, opening, opening mind has a habit to contract so just opening again inhabiting, filling that whole space with delicate, sensitive awareness bright awareness. Whatever you experience is really fine and pressure here. But if we again move on a little bit and if you have been using the breath, let it go now. You're still attentive, stretching this whole space. And what happens if this space is imagined as the source of loving-kindness, the source of metta. So perhaps with that light, perhaps just with the sense of the space, and it's bathing, (coughs) bathing all parts of itself and radiating out goodwill, metta, loving-kindness, the energy body as radiant metta, source of metta. Keep opening that awareness, that sensitivity to the whole space. Okay, and when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So as I'll explain, these are just some of the things you can play with, just a small uh, few ideas that can help to open things up or get a sense of it. The energy body will also, um, if you like, express or reflect the emotions. So sometimes it doesn't feel like a radiant cloud of metta. It doesn't feel open energized. It feels there's a twist in it or it's contracted. This is completely normal. This is completely what we expect. Absolutely. This is really important to see. But actually, another reason, we'll talk about it more tomorrow, for emphasizing the energy body is it's a really good place to become aware of and to work with emotions, both lovely emotions, metta and joy and peace and uh, appreciation, um, and also the difficult emotions where we get contracted. But it, in, so it will, you will, as you pay more attention in this way, you'll become aware of different flows of energy, of different kinds of texture, um, and different kinds of blocks and contractions. It's all just part of the everyday life of the energy body. Absolutely. So come back to that later. Um, so that's, if you like, the small, uh, description is just, as I said, this kind of attention that feels, if you like, in terms of a field of energy, of vibration or texture. Why? Why Why do this? As I said, that's a question I wanted to address. Um, 
lots of reasons actually, but just to touch on list them very briefly. Um, when uh, uh, a meditator enters into deeper states of what we call samadhi, um, or like jhana, or uh, that kind of uh, real harmonization or collectiveness, unification uh, that the Buddha talked about in absorption is basically a state of the energy body. It's basically that's what the experience is. And one is fused with that, open to it, relishing it, enjoying it, intimate with it. So this way of working is almost like gently moving in that direction anyway. It's setting it up as a kind of inclination. So it's very helpful working this way. It's not the only way. It's very helpful in terms of developing the samadhi, the well-being in in this field, right here, this body, as a source of well-being, as a source of nourishment and resource. So that's one reason. It's it's also can be extremely useful in metta, to uh, as either as a source of the metta to do the metta more from the body and from the energy rather than from the phrases, and also to tell you when you're on track in practices like metta, when it's kind of, oh yeah, that's the attitude, that's the intention, and when one's less on track. It will also be uh, indicative, this kind of paying attention to the energy body, what we're calling the energy body, will be extremely helpful in insight practices. It also it tells you when you're on track. When there is letting go, which is the function of insight practice, to let go right here, right now, you feel it in the energy body. It's reflected in the energy body. So it tells me, ah, what I'm doing right now, this way of looking, this is helping. I can feel it. I feel it viscerally in, in the field there. Um, and as I said, also in terms of working with the emotions, they reflected, they're expressed in the space of the body. There can be a lot of subtlety and a lot of skill working with that, which we'll come to another time. As far as um, imaginal practice is concerned, um, opening to this kind of sense of the body will help the experience become, uh, instead of more like a papancha or a daydream or an obsession or a fixation with a certain image, it helps it to become erotic imaginal, which is the direction of soul making. It's one of the ingredients. This kind of attention sensitivity to the body in this way helps the experience open up to be more soul-making. It helps um, what could be craving turn into eros. It's one of the things. If I, if I have craving something, I bring my whole energy, body awareness, it can help the craving become eros. And it can help what we might call papancha become imaginal. So it's, a, it's an ingredient uh, that's really, really helpful. And again, it's indicative. Pay attention to this body. It tells me when there's a sense of soul-making going on. And that's my guide. This image seems like a waste of time, my mind says, but my body says, hmm, I can feel that doing something, and I trust it. So, so the energy body has sensitivity that's a helpful indicator. Um, when uh, there is... Uh, an imaginal image, um, very quickly it's reflected in, in the energy body. There comes a kind of coherence, a harmonization, an organization, an opening and an energizing. When something uh, is an image, you, you, it, it has an immediate effect on the energy body. And also the mind, if the mind is a bit scrambled, something happens. Um, so what this means is that 
paying attention in this way to the field, to the energy body, helps, helps, supports the imaginal. And also the imaginal opens up the energy body and helps the energy body. They feed each other. Does that make sense? Um, and images, you'll also at some point discover, images can also arise through the energy body. Rather than the image being something there that I am looking at, actually this body becomes image, or it, it's birthed through the body. I become um, a, an image via the bodily experience. So this is some of the why. None of that will be possible um, if... Uh, or it would be much, much less possible if if we don't kind of, um, let's say at first, hold the body still and pay attention in this kind of way. None of these indicators. So there's some practices, and I, I was involved many years ago, in kind of um, let the body move spontaneously um, in meditation with a flow of energy. If you do too much of that, then none of these, um, none of what I talking about in terms of the helpful and the soul-making and the in- indicating and the samadhi, none of that will happen. So it may be great as its own practice, but if, if we want to <coughs> develop the soul-making and the related practices, I would, I would encourage not that. The body is still and it's poised with this sensitivity <coughs> and I can feel the flows or the expansions or whatever is happening energetically. We'll talk about movement and soul-making as the retreat goes on, but for now it's like that would be a really good thing to keep it still and, and develop the sensitivity rather than the spontaneous movement. So one of the implications from that is that um, when you're doing imaginal practice, when you work with images, um, that because it harmonizes and opens and energizes and coheres the energy body, that you might be working with an image and it's as if a fork presents itself on the path to you right there in, in the meditation. Here's this image, and there's a sense of soul-making with it, and at the same time, there's a sense of, well, the energy body feels quite nice here. It feels nice and cohered and aligned and all that. So the fork is, I could, if I want, at that point, lean over to emphasizing more the feeling of the energy body, actually put more weight there, and let the image either go completely or let it recede into the background. And I'm more getting into this sense of harmonization and good feeling and well-being in the energy body. Then I'm going more in the samadhi direction. Yeah? Or the other fork is I, I... I prioritize the image, and I'm just enjoying and noticing and being aware of how the energy body feels, but the image and the soul-making sense with the image is what's priority. So kind of a little bit that way, a little bit that way. And you can develop control over all this. Um, some, I'm, I'm just going to say something for some of you already um, maybe quite experienced with all this. Um, I was talking with someone a few weeks ago and she said, well, this image comes and often what happens is it just, I just spontaneously go into this kind of space of lovely energy oneness and the image just disappears. So there's a kind of habit there of moving towards this uh, really lovely sort of melting into oneness, a kind of samadhi state with this person. Um, that's not wrong, but it's just a certain path. If, if that's the only thing that ever happens, then that's going to be um, problematic a little bit. So, what happens if um, 
the Im- an image arises and it gives rise, it births together with it a sense of nice energy and in the energy body. And then instead of just melting into that, we actually let the energy itself become image for the self. So we have an image then, it's this two-nessism. We're not melting, we're not unifying, which would be the usual direction of the samadhi. We're actually keeping a two-ness. There's this energy and there's the sense of self. And, and that can become image. It's like, what's the sense of the blessing of this energy in relation to the self? What's the imaginal sense? A bit like we did a little bit with that chant last night. Um, then the whole thing can become imaginal and not just kind of collapse into a samadhi thing. One more thing. For those of you who have a lot of experience with this, it may not make sense to some, but what is it to take the whole thing to another level and sometimes see the energy as imaginal. I'm not even going to explain what that means. I'm just throwing it out. What does it mean to actually relate to the energy as imaginal? This perception is imaginal. Okay. So... There's a little bit of the why, and uh, I gave the kind of more narrow um, definition. If we um, say, what, what, what would be a broader definition, which I'd like to open up now, um, just for the sake of making more sense and more space in the teachings. In, in the, the larger description or definition of what, what we mean by energy body, you could say there's three interrelated aspects to it. Um, so again, energy body is... M- means um, a kind of poise of attention, a kind of attitude, a way of looking and of conceiving that, number one, feels, just as in the more narrow definition, feels the body as a field of energy, of vibration, of texture. So that's the first aspect. Same as a smaller definition. Second is a conceiving, right then, of the body um, that that conceiving does not limit it to the usual uh, modern Western conception of body, which is either a kind of scientific materialist conception of molecules and atoms and tissues and all that, or the usual sort of, uh, I'm too fat, too thin, too ugly, too, too this, that, the kind of way we appraise the body uh, in, in fed by our our more superficial levels of our culture. So there's a conceiving going on. It's part of the whole, what we talk about energy body, but it's not a limiting conceiving. So within that, you can have all kinds of different conceptions of the body. We're not limiting it to this or, or that. Um, and third aspect, so you've got the felt sense, the conception, and the third aspect is an image of the body. So right now, even if you shut your eyes, it's not necessarily an imaginal image, but it's just, well, in my case, I've seen my body, and I I sort of see a shape. Yeah, I can see I've got these kind of maroon trousers on, I've got my legs, and my it's just a a shape. There's an image, there's a form sense of the body, okay? So these three aspects of what we could call bodily awareness, all three aspects, but the the point I want to make, so felt sense, uh, conception or idea, and let's say image or form sense, what what I want to do is say all that opens hugely wide, 
hugely wide. So the conception we usually have of what a body is, um, we don't narrow it down to any one conception. At any moment, it might be anything. And the image one might have of one's body and the felt sense, the range there is huge. And what I really want to encourage, when we say energy body now, what we mean is the opening of that range of experience and sense and conception and um, image of body. Does it make sense? So it's, it's a much bigger definition. And, and suddenly the whole territory is vast in terms of experience. So that's really, really what I want to encourage. Now, whatever nice nugget of a term someone can come up with, uh, but let's say energy body for now. Someone asked me a couple of, a few months ago, you talk about energy body and it's great and I really like it, etc. Why do you never mention the chakras? You've never heard you t- say anything about the chakras. And, uh, and someone might be hearing all this energy body think, okay, I get, I get all that. Then the, then the next thing I need to do is kind of go and meditate on the chakras and different colors and all that. Um, so in order to respond, the person's not here, but I'll respond anyway. Um, um, if you, if you investigate a little bit teachings of chakras, you'll see that systems vary quite a bit. What color, which chakra is, how many there are, where they are, what the, geometry that goes with each, etc. I would like to say that when we use the word energy body, the experience we have of body is dependent on the way of looking. Just like anything, actually. The experience we have is dependent on the way of looking. So we're not talking about energy body as some kind of independently existing objective reality. It's like this. If you get it right, you'll see this. Well, now the next stage is, you, you understand? So it's a different conception. This underpins everything that we're doing. And and that might feel a little bit, I don't know how it sounds right now, but this will open up uh, the, the territory enormously. Yeah, the territory of experience. It's uh, what we call energy bodies dependent on mind, let's say, in many ways, many ways. So we're talking about, in, in kind of philosophical language, we're talking about a phenomenological approach, which means I go by experience rather than a preconceived idea. Um, it's a certain stance that allows a much wider range, uh, uh, to opens up a whole, whole realms of experience, of possible experience, um, including in, in the image sense of the body. Um, so... When, when I first introduced this term energy body, it was really trying to help people towards the samadhi. And so, and for that, it's really talking about more etheric, open senses, very light, tingly, and that sort of thing. Uh, so energy body is quite helpful for that, pointing in that direction, because it kind of implies that. We're including that. We're including the normal humdrum everyday experience of the body as just one particular, if you like, window of wavelengths of the whole range. I could be sitting here uh, and having an experience of the body as dense, hot sand. Okay, there's an image there, there's a very strange idea of body, and there's um, and then there's a felt sense of that heat and that density, and it's blissful in its own kind of and kind of way. Um, I could um, uh, I could be a, a pterodactyl in flight. You know what a pterodactyl is? Um, What's the 
that's an image, obviously. So image and energy and felt sense, and it's all, it's all wrapped up into one, but it has with it a certain experience. And I might be sitting, no one else can see the pterodactyl. Um, and, but, but it's a, it's an alive energy body imaginal experience. Um, my body might become fire. My body is fire. My body, my experience flows and lines of energy and all kinds of stuff. My body is, it might be just a, a field, a relatively amorphous field of energy. My body might be um, somehow a kind of geometrical constellation of mystical primordial elements, earth, air, fire, water, etc. How does that feel it? What about if the images I have is, I am music. I am music. You ask me, who am I, my deepest identity, or yours? I am music. And what does that image sense, it's kind of strange image sense, what, what does that do to the sense of body? I think I shared one time the, uh, the birds outside my window felt like they were weaving uh, and healing and weaving my energy body. So that's a particular kind of idea, it's a particular kind of image, and it's a particular uh, kind of felt sense that goes with that. Or a flock of ravenous wild birds devouring my body. It's, it's an image sense, but it comes with, with a whole feeling. Um, or my uh, erotic imaginal beloved is there and she's looking at me. We're looking at each other and she's breathing and where her breath comes towards my body, flowers grow out of my body. And, and the, the exquisite bliss of that, the exquisite tender healing. This is all energy body image kind of beginning to amalgamate concepts stretched. Um, so all uh, all of this includes, yeah, as I said, felt sense, um, implicit idea or concept, or what we're calling logos, and imaginal sense, image sense. Sometimes it won't be imaginal. Um, and there's an infinite possible range there. It's infinite, endless, endless creation discovery here. Um, uh, of the felt sense, what we might call a kind of expanded version of mindfulness, the idea and the image of the body. So as I said, it includes the very normal sense, the very conventional everyday sense. Um, it includes the modernist scientific materialist idea. Absolutely. Why not? It's just part of the whole, part of the whole range. Yeah. Um, and, and an image of the body that, as I said, is not imaginal. It's just a kind of internal picture of, of this form. So, just to say a little bit about this. So when we talk about energy, but also when we talk about images, um, oftentimes what human beings seem to be tempted to do is to bring in very quickly a kind of realist perspective. Aha, uh-huh. this is now the truth. This is uh, um, a certain deeper level of truth, or this is the reality. And, and then, and then bringing to the whole endeavor a kind of the usual thing of like, we look for social agreement. We look for agreement. Who sees this energy body experience like I do? These, got these chakras, I've got these things. And then, because this is the way we usually think about reality. It's real if, if we all agree. 
or if enough people agree, the weirdos can, you know, whatever. But uh, if enough people agree, then that's a tick. We've got, okay, this must be real. Okay, not interested. We're, it's a different thing we're talking about, and something very, a whole range of different possibilities will open up because of that. We're not interested in social corroboration of so-called independently existing realities. If we bring that realist perspective uh, if we stay attached to it too much, somehow this whole this whole practice that we're doing, this whole art, it it will get off a little bit on the wrong foot. It will prevent things opening up as much as they could. Um, certainly with the energy body, but also with the imaginal and the soul making practices. Um, and that means certain experiences won't open up, certain senses won't open up, certain whole conceptual ideas of, as I said last night, of the self, of the world, of the mind, of the goal. What, where are we going with all this? Where can we go? Um, if there's too much of this attachment, there will be some attachment to realism, it's just part of being human, but if there's too much, it's like we get off on the wrong foot and the whole thing doesn't open up so much. And what we're talking about, this whole soul-making dynamic, certain kinds of sacredness, etc., won't be so available. So, um, just pull out again one, one element of what I said. There's a, um, an idea, if you like, or we use a certain language, a, a logos or a concept um, of the body is often implicit at any time of what the body is. There's an implicit idea we have. Often we're not thinking it consciously. It's an element of the energy body experience. So, yes, um, you know, if you know certain systems, we can experience the meridians, the acupressure, acupuncture meridians. If you know that system, we can experience chakras, we can experience um, certain kinds of, you know, sheaths of the energy field um, uh, that a lot of people call the subtle body or the etheric body um, and all of that is often connected in a healing paradigms yeah, and certain kinds of healing and that's all wonderful and, and great we can experience that but but in this kind of approach or this kind of pushing the boat out we're not taking any one of those as um, as an objective independent truth nor the scientific materialist one Okay. There's something about the whole sort of underpinning idea of this whole soul-making business that allows ideas, concepts, to expand ra- uh, their range and, and to be enormously flexible. And eventually, you know, even, even if we can just des- decide to have a very different idea about this, this experience right now, can see it in the conventional way, can see it in all kinds of ways. It's, it's, the, there comes a, an enormous flexibility with the kind of ideas that, um, uh, that actually shape perception, that direct and open or close or limit, uh, our experience. And that's part of where we're going with this. The kind of beauty and facility of, of being flexible with ideas is just a part of it, but it's, it's really a, a fundamental part. It's part of what we're calling the phenomenological approach. So back to a little bit more about the why, the purpose of all this. Um, I sort of touched on this earlier, but the purpose of practicing with the energy body is not 
to try and kind of achieve a state where the energy body always uh, feels open and harmonized and nice and bright and energized. It's not the purpose. It, it won't happen anyway. <laughs> it's impossible. And it's not the purpose. It's not what we're do- doing. And um, the, to, to take that a little further, the main point of... Um, this this kind of practicing with the energy body or imaginal practice or emptiness practice I would say or um, or samadhi practice the main point is not healing uh, unless by healing we mean something much much wider than we usually mean much much wider what does it mean to heal the perception and healing means opening and not being uh, rigid this is reality unless and this soul making means healing and healing means soul making um, this is not the primary thing that we're doing interested in in healing uh, it might be part of what we're doing absolutely and at times there's more of an emphasis on that but there's something we may talk about it, it uh, uh, if I use the phrase fullness of intention. Part of what really galvanizes and opens this whole practice is a kind of um, not limiting the intention of what we're trying to do or why we're doing it. Soul making will, to borrow Mary's term again, break through whatever intentions we have of this practice. Healing, getting my energy body just right, whatever it is, it will expand that and so there's something about when i come to this these practices with this fullness of intention the intention is not for my personal growth or development it's not to not even to have less suffering what happens when i have a real fullness is that even possible it's not not that common not that easy. what does it mean to practice not for me what does it mean to practice for soul, for soul-making, to practice for the divine, for the sake of the divine. So there's a possibility here of opening up the ideas of why we're doing this. Yes, healing can happen. Yes, uh, a kind of um, beautiful um, revisioning and refeeling of my history and my hurts and my difficulties, all that can happen. Something more opens up if there's the fullness, if there's that openness of intention. So, um, really want to encourage this, uh, we said before, if we talk about energy, we're really talking about a, a huge range, actually an infinite, endless range of possibilities. That's what we would like to encourage. Um, this openness to possibilities of sense, of experience, of of conception and and also of intention. Um, this takes time. Everything that we're talking about, this even just this felt sense, and you might have sense of I'm not sure I feel anything. I don't know uh, when we did that little exercise just half an hour ago. Um, it takes time, and expect it to take time, and that's really really okay. It's really okay. So people have different backgrounds with this, and as Catherine said, different kind of tendencies or whatever um it i think it's really really worth it it takes time but it's it's such a a a wonderful investment um 
to develop that, this, these kinds of sensitivities and awarenesses and skills also, um, uh, will really help imaginal soul-making practice. And, and, as I said, other practices can. Is it necessary? I, I actually don't think so. Um, so, you know, Jung and people like James Hillman, I don't think they had a clue about, about this kind of thing. It wasn't integrated into their, their way of working, or probably may never hear them talk about their bodily experience when they describe. So, is, and lots of soul-making going on there, certain directions and stuff, but, um, so I don't think it's necessary. Um, and of course there's loads of Dharma that doesn't do anything remotely like this. It's really about very different kinds of sensations that we all, we all know about. Um, but if, if you want to, and we are encouraging it's part of, it's part of this sort of, this kind of art that we're trying to open up, um, then the development of that, the journey, that does take time, um, is, is, is a journey of opening up this range, opening up the range of, uh, experience. And part of that range will include what I alluded to earlier, the, um, relative sense at any time of solidity or density of the, of the bodily and ethereality or insubstantiality. So normal for Western people is not to feel uh, any kind of sense of ethereal light and just very... For some people here, it might be the more normal one. And and it would be good to explore the more dense, solid range. You understand? But really we're talking about the whole thing opening up. One last thing. Um, so opening up that is part of the journey, opening up the range in lots of different ways, but also um, opening up, and again, it gradually in time, when we feel ready, how much energy we can experience. So it's not, and not at all to say more is better or the direction is we're going towards kind of kundalini explosions or anything, not at all. Um, it's just that sometimes a person has developed in their life, in their personality, and also in their bodily experience, the range of energy is actually quite limited. They, they're completely normal, well-integrated in society, have a very, you know, functional and, and beautiful life, lots of sensitivities, but actually the range of what can be felt here, how much energy is actually limited. And that has all kinds of knock-on limitations. Um, so sometimes, you know, this little exercise we did with the long breath, that's one of the ways of actually experiencing more energy in the body. Sometimes people are very resistant to it, partly because it takes a little getting used to, but partly because there's a resistance to feeling more energy. Actually, you're opening up the body and, and we're just like... Pfft. So I put that out as well in the mix of um, what might be involved in, in the gradual path of, of opening all this up and developing. Uh, and then the, the skills to work with the energy body and open up things and uh, that sort of thing. Okay, so today, um, I think if we say that, um, if we can, in your practice, as, as you move through the day, you can lean more towards <clears throat> the intention for samadhi, for well-being. So it's working with the energy body as primary, but what the real kind of gentle intention is just to 
feel this space here as as a kind of space of well-being, of energization, of harmonization, and just dwelling with that and enjoying it. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, now, images may arise, and that that's fine, but if you kind of just hold that very lightly as a kind of background um, emphasis of, of attention for today. Does it? Yeah? Um, as I said, even if an image arises, you'll notice that um, there's the sense in the um, energy body of the harmonization, etc., that comes with something when it's imaginal. And then you can just be aware of that, include that. Um, so we're developing familiarity, awareness, sensitivity uh, with this kind of attention, and we're also developing the, the skill in a certain direction. That's the, the uh, emphasis. Okay.